0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so we're embarking into our premarital counseling. And again, my, my portion of this, you know, around are you ready for the marital state? Again, are you ready for the marital state? I like that. And my proportion is God's pra- uh, perspective and God's purpose for marriage. Again, God's perspective and God's purpose for marriage. And remember, these teachings are really intended for the audience of those that are unmarried. right? So that's why we Im- uh, can continue to impress and those that are unmarried. Get in here before you hit the marital state. So you need to know what the expectations are. And again, it's really good to hear these teachings when you really don't even have anybody. You know, when you're not even in that state of, you know, your, your bliss, right? Uh, in the game phase, I'll call it like that. It's, it's good to even hear these things when you're not even in the game. You're not even looking. Because uh, then you can hear with a, with a fresh heart of not being objective, or being objective, not being caught up in your situation. Because everybody, I'm telling you, everybody thinks it's different when, they, when they're dating and courting. It's all different for me. But no, the standard of God is the standard of God. And so it's good to hear it when you're not even have those other things around you. But again, we, this is for the unmarried. But again, all of us can glean from the Word of God. You know, obviously. But we really cater to the un, unmarried when hearing these these times. And so, press in um, and remember the teachings that came before. You know why and when the premarital counseling. You know, right? You need to know how to choose. Number one, choosing is important. And we keep saying, right? This choice you make about who you're going to marry. Remember, you have a choice. This choice you make about who you're going to marry is is up there as far as the most important choice you're going to make in your whole life right next to being saved see if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior this one's pretty it's, it's there it's a you know it's in the next realm next tier because this will impact the rest of your life alright and then it's, then we talked about uh, you need to know what you're signing up for and then thoroughly God hates divorce and, and again you think well why does it got to do with this just let you know once you get married is it Right? God hates divorce. I mean, you don't get married to get divorced. But understand, God hates divorce. So we're not going to get married to get divorced. So you better choose properly, correctly, the first time. Right? Um, and then you need to be prepared. Right? And so for me, for my objective, again, we're going to discuss God's perspective of marriage, which we've been dealing with the last few weeks. We've been saying God's purpose for marriage. All right, so let's get into it and kind of review before we get into Some new information. Hopefully we'll get there. But marriage should be a reflection. When we talk about God's perspective of marriage, marriage should be a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. Don't forget that. So that means you that are unmarried, when you get into marriage, it should be a reflection of Christ and the church. Reflection. That means when they see your marriage, they should see Christ and the church. Christ is called the bridegroom, and the church is called the bride or the bride of Christ. So your marriage should be a reflection of that. And that means the expectation is when you enter into the covenant of marriage, you need to prepare to follow this standard. And that should answer all your questions about, well, I'm not sure you know, how, what our marriage should look like or what it, it should look like Christ in the church. And then we talked about the purpose of God's purpose for marriage is to produce a godly seed unto the Lord. Right? That's important. And, and again, what I mean by that is that Your marriage should institute godliness in your home. It should produce godliness in your home. Now that means, remember, before you got married, you should be instituting godliness in your home. right? But now you brought on a spouse, you brought on a wife, or you have a husband now. You should institute godliness in your home. That means if if you have children or children coming to your home, they should see godliness in your home. So that they can produce a godly seed. So, so that means anyone that comes to your home, they should be influenced of godliness. They should see the example of, of godliness in your home. When at all times. Right? That's God's purpose for marriage. See, you, you stay in those boundaries where it's a reflection of Christ and the church, and you're producing godliness in your home, then you can function in the covenant of God when it comes to marriage. And then we got into the, the definition of marriage. Right? Marriage is a divine institution. Now, so let's go ahead and repeat this. Everyone says this. I think that would be good for y'all. Make sure y'all woke this morning. Alright, so repeat after me. Marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents, a man and a woman who are born again, choose to enter into a lifetime Covenant with another imperfect person. Right. So the key thing to whenever I hear these definitions or read this is I like it's created by God. It's a divine institution. That means it's based on God's standard. It's His institution. He did not. God did not have to institute marriage, but He did. So that's why it's so important. Going back to Christ, it's got to be a reflection of Christ in the church. God has a plan and purpose for your ma- marriage. Right? But it's his it's his institution. And then you coming into his institution as being imperfect, you're going to bring in another imperfect person and you're going to stay there for a lifetime. You know what a lifetime means, right? That means once you get married, that means until that person dies or you die, you are staying married with that person. That means you're going to either bury her or she's going to bury you. That's the lifetime. Right? So... That's what you're signing up for. That's how serious it is. That's why marriage is for serious people, for mature individuals. Now turn with me in Ephesians chapter 5. This is our key scripture for for my teaching of this session. Ephesians 5, we'll start with verse 21. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, subject yourselves unto your own husbands. As unto the Lord. For. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is a savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word of God. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not have a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so you see in this passage, it's all about the analogy between Christ and the church and between a husband and a wife. And what the roles and responsibilities are. And he lays it out beautifully. So again, if you ever understand, try to understand, well, what? as a husband and wife, what do I need to be doing? Well, the husband is the head. He's the head. The husband is the head of the wife. That means the husband is the responsible one. Just as Christ is the head of the church. Responsible one. Right? And so we said this, right? And I gave very uh, simple definitions, right? Because marriage is between a man, a husband, and a woman, a wife. So what's A husband a married man what's a wife a married woman very simple right so right now you you are a man but when you get married you become a married man right so now you join yourself to a wife wife you may be a woman now but once you get married you are a married woman so now you have a husband right and so that's why I, <laughs> When you, it's amazing when unmarried folks act like they married and married folks act like they unmarried right in other words when you get married you have a husband a wives you have a husband you have, you're responsible that you have that you're responsible for in other words responsibility I mean, you need to talk to them you can't just do your own thing unmarried folks can do their own thing we don't want to do their own thing right making certain decisions because you know we say when you're unmarried hey, when you feed yourself you fed your whole family right when you sit down and eat you eat for your whole family but married people, married couples in covenant, they have a spouse, they have a husband, they have a wife. They got to take, that's part of their consideration. That's why, you know, again, going back to premarital counseling, right? Whatever you want to do, your ambitions are, your goals are, whatever, whatever, you know, career path you want to go, deal with that before you get married. It's always amazing to me, right? Everybody is so ambitious after they get married. Right? I want to go back to school. No, you should have stayed in school while you was unmarried. Cause now you got a husband, but no, we want to go back to school, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. I want to start my own business, you no, know, brothers, I want to start my own business. No, start your business while you are unmarried. before you bring into your your wife in and that. Now all of a sudden, you know, she's like, "Well, I thought you was established already." No, I always wanted to have my own cleaning business. Well, you should have did that while you was unmarried, because all you do is bring a stress into the marriage. You know, so have that stress for you, not for you and your wife. That's what I mean, how you act like you're married versus unmarried. You're a married man. Get established. Be established. Whatever your ambitions is, going back to school, getting your degree or whatever, then do that while you are unmarried. So you're saying, I know married people can go back to school. Yeah, of course you can go back to school. But that, again, these would be conversations you should have during the courting phase. Right? In other words, you should know exactly what that individual plans are. So that when you get married, you won't just spring it on them. Because that's what happens in marriage, right? A lot of stuff gets sprung on you. You had no idea. And the reason why you had no idea, either you didn't ask the questions or you missed all the signs. Because all you saw was wedding bells. All you saw was a song called Here Comes the Bride. And all you saw you dressed up in white and coming down the aisle and everybody looking at you, ooh and all. Ah. That's all you prepare for is the wedding. And then that few hours is going on and then you're in marriage for the rest of your days. So again, this passage of Scripture is very key, the understanding, again, for marriage, you're a married man, you're a married woman. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We'll get to Genesis chapter 2 in a minute. But 1 Corinthians 13, because marriage is for a mature man and for a mature woman. And I just want to read one little passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, about maturity. And we said before, like, a good way to gauge whether you're mature or not is to ask your parents. Right? They'll let you know where your maturity level is. They'll give you practical examples of how immature you are. And then you make the choice. You know, we said it, we right? Marriage is your choice. And no one's against you getting married. You, hey, you want to get married? Go for it. Just understand now, this is what you just signed up for for a lifetime. That's your choice. And your parents are trying to help you. Because your parents, again, they already made their choice. They're trying to teach you how to make a righteous choice. So again, we talk about maturity. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. because But when I became a man... I put away childish things. So here's the thing that help you understand about maturity, right? How is your speech? How is your understanding? And how is your thinking? Those three areas will show you whether you are a child or you are mature. Right? Again, he said, When I was a child, I spake as a child. So are you speaking as a child? You know how a child speaks. Right? It's all about them and what they want. Me, 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 me. I, 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 what I'm doing. That's a child. Then they understand as a child. Everything you say to a child, you think, oh, you're just trying to mess up my fun. Or you don't want me to do this. You don't want me to do that. I can never have that. It's all about like, no. A child never thinks about the the big picture, the purpose of God. All a child thinks about is their purpose. And what they want. They are so self-centered. That's a child. Selfishness. Right? That's why the Bible says foolishness is, is in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction should drive it out. That's a child. They're speaking. They're, they're, they're understanding. And then here's the big thing. They're thinking. I mean, you can tell, you can tell a lot about a person is, when they reveal their thoughts. So where do you get that from? A child has immature thinking. Here's immature thinking about a child. Right? Marriage is about sex. Marriage is about the wedding. That's amateur thinking. That's childish thinking. When you think all marriage is, is sex. Marriage is not sex. Marriage is not a wedding. But I'm going to tell you, that's the thinking of a child. You know, you still have a high school mentality when it comes to marriage. This is Marriage is not a boyfriend-girlfriend. A husband and wife is not boyfriend-girlfriend. You know, you hear that, well, it's just another relationship. Like, I have my boyfriend, he's my boyfriend now. Now he's going to turn into my husband. No! Your husband is not your boyfriend. Why? Because you don't owe your boyfriend nothing. You can let that sucker go, you can let him go. But your husband, you can't let him go. He has rights. You signed up for it, you're in covenant. See, I'll tell you, that's, that's what I mean? You're thinking, you're not mature. And the same thing with guys. This is just my girlfriend. My wife is gonna be be like my girlfriend. No, she's not gonna be like your girlfriend, because your girlfriend not cleaning up behind you. Most of the time, your girlfriend ain't cooking. You taking her out. Right? It's not like your girlfriend. She's your wife. It's totally different. So you prepare for a wife. You prepare for a husband. That takes maturity. Your thinking mentality needs to change about marriage. You know, she's not your better half. What do you mean half? He's not my better half. No, you're a whole person. See, I'm, that's immature thinking when it comes to marriage. And, and why? You say, well, that's just, I'm just talking, you know what I mean. But I'm going to tell you, that mentality you go going to marriage, it shows up. And your responses in your attitude. You need to be mature when it comes to marriage. Because this is a lifetime commitment. Because in a lifetime commitment, there's times in that lifetime that you're not having sex. Let me help you out. In marriage, most of the lifetime you're not having sex. Stop watching your little movies and your fantasies and what That's not how marriage works. That's somebody who wrote a script that wished it worked like that, but it don't. You ain't waking up every morning getting it on and afternoon getting it on and evening getting it on and the next day we start all over again. No. And there's not music playing and candles and, and theme going. and they, Please. You, you, hey, you do all that on your honeymoon. Right? But then when you get to marriage, it's called work. Somebody got to get up and get a job or have a job and bring it because there's bills be paid. It's work now. Don't get out that bedroom. I'm going to tell you, hey, if you if, brothers understand if you broke your wife don't want to sleep with you anyway I'm going to tell you she, if you broke brothers your wife ain't she'd be like really? instead of staying in this bed why don't you get up and get a job bring us some income because I have needs Responsible, remember you're the responsible one well my responsibility is in the bedroom no it's not your responsibility is outside the bedroom to handle the responsibility of this home. And what direction are you going? See, see, that's what I mean, mature. And I, I I need to move on, but this is, the, this is what I mean about mature thinking. Immature person, that's all they think about. Again, that's why it's a good question for you to you know, talk about getting married You're in your unmarried state. What is? Ask that brother, what is the direction that God has given you for your home? I ain't come on your home with me. I'm just talking about disingen- What is your direction for the home that God has given you? What's the, what's the purpose? Where are you heading towards? Who on me and you get together? No, I ain't come on me and you getting together. I'm, what has God spoken to you about your home? Remember, you're responsible one. Whoever you bring into it, what is the direction God has given you for that home? Because again, as a wife, she's subject to her husband as, as the church is to Christ. That means she's there to follow, to help him. So if you don't know what what where direction you're going you don't even know what help you need then y'all going to be just back and forth. Competing. And I'm going to tell you, you know, brothers you understand when women see you flaky they take over. This is thinking about hey a, a woman she's not waiting for you to figure it out. They're going to like we're moving on. So you better already have your understanding of the direction for the home that she can follow after. That's mature. Get your thinking right. Turn to Genesis chapter two. Let's let's go. Genesis chapter two. That's why you better come in here and get these counsels, these teaching. <laughs> Once you're in marriage, you're like, yeah. It's, I'm gonna tell you, marriage is totally different than what you're thinking about. I'm telling you, you unmarried marriage is totally different than what you, you're thinking about now. That's why it's so amazing, you know. You watch those couples, they come into the church, they sit next to each other, got their arm around them, you know. You know, like this is my girl, and we dating, court. <laughs> then married folks, you know, you see the wife walk in, the husband. You, you may not us uh, show up the other way. And she stood over here, he stood over there. Like, are they even together anymore? Right? And then after service, they get in the car, his own. I saw you walk in there, and you came. All that stuff started happening. You late? What they, they bring a conversation they had that morning before they got to church got into, and then it it continues on back in the car. See, understand, hey, marriage is a totally different, it's not what you're thinking. It's not. That's why we keep telling you all the time, talk to your parents. Have have a mature conversation with your parents. When you talk to your parents about marriage, they'll tell you up front, they won't even mention anything about sex. There's obviously sex was involved, that's how you hear But they're not going to talk to you about those. They're going to be like, son, pay your bills. Keep a job. What does God show you about the direction of your home? Genesis 2, starting in verse 23. And Adam said, this now is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. And so we begin to talk about this passage and talk about how it says that therefore shall a man, again, well, that's why I want to go back and say what maturity means. This man here is talking about his mature man, not a boy. A mature man leaves father's mother's house. And the mature man, when he gets married, he's going to cleave to his wife. Right, And then they, the mature man and the mature woman shall become one flesh. All right, so then we start talking about what it means to, to leave father and mother house. And, and I said before, there is a certain independence that you will have, uh, independence from your parents that you shall have for a married man and a married woman. And this independence, this separation from your parents, includes separation from them physically, financially, and emotionally. And we talk about emotional separation from your parents. That means when you get married, do not bring your parents into your marriage for, for when it comes to your arguments and your issues. In other words, don't voice all the issues or, or uh, complaints you have about your husband. You know, wives and telling your, your mama, well, he don't do this and he don't do that. He's nothing like daddy. Well, you knew all that before you married him. But you still wouldn't marry him. So don't bring it up now. You're married now right and so don't have that conversation with your parents that's because if you do then then all of a sudden your parents are now emotionally caught up in your marriage and they're choosing sides and usually what they're going to choose sides is their children and your mother's like well he just needs to get a job he needs to work and again you know, and don't even talk about you know husbands with their mamas and talk about what their wife ain't doing I mean you know, Mama's gonna go off. Here's the first thing Mama gonna say about your wife—that lazy thing. That's the first thing gonna come out of her mouth about your wife. She a lazy thing. Whatever you say, my Mama. She don't really cook that lazy thing. Well, she don't get up until that lazy thing. She don't clean up that lazy thing. I, th- it's already coming. So don't even have a conversation. You married? Cause. She was a lazy thing when you was dating in Coronado, and you was fine with a lazy thing, then why are you bringing it up now? That was all in the cup of marriage that you decided that you choose on. That was your preference. Your preference was a lazy thing, so don't complain about the lazy thing. So in other words, when you get married, you want to make sure that when it comes to your, your parents, that all they know is the best about your spouse. And again, vice versa, when it comes to parents, parents, resist the urge. Again, yeah, we said this before, premarital classes for the parents too. Learn to let go. Remember how, like I said before, at the wedding ceremony, everybody loves the wedding ceremony, loves the bride. There's a, there's a key individual at the wedding ceremony. It's called the father. And when he says, who gives this woman to this, this man, you like, I do. And you push her on down there. That's you letting go. That's not only for her, that's for you. I'm letting go. That Now she is yours, brother for the rest of your life. God bless you. And may the Lord shine upon you His grace and mercy. Because we got this girl out of our house. Thank the Lord Jesus. It's you. So now, after that moment there, any other conversation you have, I'm going to say, I gave you, hey, I gave you, it's your husband. I don't need to hear about what he ain't doing or not doing. So this premarital is for you parents. Let go. Let them live their life when it comes to their marriage covenant. And we always say to be balanced. Obviously, they, they're they doing things that they shouldn't be doing. In other words, there's things that are decrement for themselves. Like, they're, they're physically abusing them. Yeah, you got to step in and say something. I mean, we're not talking about that. There's balance. And, and you always going to counsel your children. So we're not saying you don't say nothing to them. you going to say stuff to them. But when it comes to their husband and wife relationship, I don't, I, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear what she's not doing. I want to hear what he's not doing. But I'm always going to challenge you about your walk with the Lord. That doesn't change. So that's what I mean by emotional separation. You need to have parents. Don't fall into that. And we're not even talking about children. We, we, we're just talking about between the, the man and the wife. Now, when you bring in children, now you become a grandparent. We, we all get crazy when it comes to grandparents. Right? And we got to learn resist the urge there, too. Because, remember, you're the grandparent. You're not the primary parent. Right, you know, I have my two little granddaughters, and hey, you know, for us, they can almost do no wrong, and we, they, they, but they' something else. And when they become something else, I'm like, hey, hey, bro, handle your business. Well, dad, you ain't gonna spank them. I don't have to spank. That's you, you here. You spank them. All they know from papa is kissing. That's all they know from me. I spank them with a kiss. You the one that got to put that rod of correction on them. You got to tap, tap, tap. That's you. Right? You know, and so, understand that. And when they discipline their children, when they discipline your grandchild, that's them disciplining them. After they get them disciplined, don't come run to me, I'm not finna hug you, I ain't finna do all that. Hey, your, your daddy corrected you, so that, I'm done. I ain't said this, he was wrong for that, he ain't hit him that hard. He, you're not even going there. Because you know how children, they can scream in like you just, like, they you know, you killed them. Say, so he ain't done yet making them? No. Leave that alone. That's none of your business. Resist the urge. See, that's what I mean about emotional separation. You've got to separate yourself. Prepare yourself now. You're the grandparent. Right, so then there's financial separation. Again, we're talking about, you know, a man should leave his father and mother's house. You need to leave your father's and mother's house financially as well. That means you should be independently free when it comes to finances. Financial freedom. You know what I mean, right? That means your parents are not paying your bills. See that show you if you're not your parents are paying your bills, how are you talking about you getting married? Financial freedom. Pay your bills. Financial obligations. Whatever financial obligations you got, that is your obligation between now your husband and now your wife. Not with your parents. Don't go in expecting your parents to pay your bills. Don't go in expecting your parents to give you money for your bills. And and here's the thing don't go under the mayor's expecting your parents to be your child care service when you have children. I keep telling you, your parents got plans. And the plans don't include you, they got plans. So now we have financially, we're getting to our marriage, and all of a sudden, you know, always we're going to have children. No, we're going to wait. Then all of a sudden, you, they're waiting like, oops. And then here comes the child, and you didn't prepare for it, and now you're going to talk to the mama. Mama, can you wash the children a couple days? No. Mama can't wash the children a couple days a week. You should have settled all that when, when, when you had them children, before you got to that place. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know. Again, I'm not emotionally attached. That is your, handle your business, brother. Handle it. that doesn't sound cruel no that's, that's called marriage because here's my thing what happens if I wasn't here then what you're going to do you would have figured it out and here's the thing I'll, here's the thing I like to tell my sons I, when it comes to these things I'm like you know something my mama lives 700 miles away from here whatever me and my, my wife do we got to handle it my mama's not I, I, there's no options for me and my dad is going to be with the Lord so I, I can't even ask him If I I come short on my bills, I I ain't calling mama and say, mama, can you spot me this month? I said, you go ask your grandma how many times I call her and ask her for money. See, financially, you got to be independent. Because you know why? When I got married, I was established. You better be established financially before you get married. See, these are the conversations you need to have during this time in the dating and courting phase before you get your mind, talk about some wedding bells and weddings. And all. I'm telling you because when you marriage hits, all of a sudden, finances are going to be a big stress on your home. And you can't go on thinking your parents are going to bail you out. That's the separation you need to have. Then the next separation you need to have is physical. What do I mean by physical separation? You need to have your own physical space separate from your parents. Don't talk about, how we're going to, hey, we're going to get married, have a wedding, then we're going to go on a honeymoon, then we're going to go and live with our parents. What? I don't think so. I think y'all need to wait. If you ain't got a place to stay after your honeymoon, then that means you ain't ready to get married. I mean, those are simple facts for me. Two plus two equals four. I mean, it's easy. And four is not going to be in my house. I'm not going to take care of my house and yours too? Then why are you getting married? See, that's what I mean. There's got to be physical separation. You need your own space. But here's the thing: well, we can't afford an apartment. Then why are you getting married? I'm I don't want to hear about what you can't. I, that's what I say. As a, I, you know, I I'm just a different brother. When it comes to you being married, I don't want to hear about what you can't afford. Right? Because guess what? If you can't afford, you need to do something about it. You need to go back to school. You need to get a better job. You need to do something about that. That has nothing to do with me. And so, as a, as a parent, understand that hey, you you need to separate. You need your own space. There's things, and again, I keep. There's things I used to tell my sons you know, son, there's things I can't teach you while you're in my house, there's things I can teach you when you're gone. What I mean by that, I can teach you now, but you can't understand it until you have your own place. Have your own bills, your own responsibility at home. Because I'm going to tell you, when they're they're in your house, it looks easy. They don't know what's going on. They have no idea how food shows up in the refrigerator, right? how lights are on, how they can turn down the AC or turn up the heat. They have no idea how gas ends up in the car. They, They have no concept of those things until they get on their own. You go by their apartment. Their refrigerator is empty. They don't even have water in there. Clothes everywhere. Like now, now, and then they start asking you questions. How do y'all do it exactly? How do we do it? Now we're having a conversation. But you need to ask how I do it before you get married. See what I mean? That's what. That's the thing. You ask me how I do it, and now you got a wife, and don't you imagine you. You are way behind. So you need to have your own separate space, distance between you and your parent. You need your privacy. And as, and as husband and wife understand this, you need to have your designated times when you come together. the times when you are intimate. You don't know what I said by intimate. I didn't say sex. You need to have de- designated time when you are intimate, when you build intimacy with one another. You need to talk and share. You need to do that on, as a married man and married woman. you have to do that on purpose. Designate times. You know, get thing, things that my wife learned. We we still have our date nights. You know, we still establish these things. We came in and so said we're gonna still set aside time, when we're gonna have when we have children, have babysitter, you know. We have you have to have your time, which is you and her. But that, what's that gonna require you? That means you've got to be organized. You gotta have structure in your house. You gotta have boundaries and discipline established in your home. You know what I mean by uh, structure and, and discipline and bound establishing your home? You have to have this before you get married. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, women, there's a lot of things you can tell about a brother, you know, when it comes to his discipline. You know, can he show up on time? Showing up on time shows if you're disciplined or not. If you're not on time, that means you were not prepared. No, I was just running late. No, you weren't prepared. Well, things happen. That's fine. But things happen every time. This is your pattern. That tells you a lot about that individual. And these things that are small foxes now, they will be explode when you get married. But you need your designated times together. Purpose. Discipline. And I'm going to tell you, don't go into marriage thinking I'm going to change him. If that brother is not disciplined wives, you're not going to change him to be disciplined. Understand it, their daddy and mama couldn't change them be disciplined. What you think you're going to do? See, that goes back to a child thinking, I can change them. Your parents can change Let me help you out. God couldn't change them, but you can. Go ahead. Well, around me, he's different. That's yeah, because you're dating the court now. It's called the game. So again, you should have that physical separation. So this financial, physical, and emotional separation you need to have. That's called leaving your father and mother. Leaving. That's why your parents at the wedding, they're they happy. They're like, hey, when is this thing going to get started and Done. get done? Hey, once the wedding no over, they're like, they're going early. Right? They don't party. They're like, y'all go y'all honeymoon. Their parents are like, we're going back to our house free. And then we got the remodelers coming in on Monday. Y'all got married on Saturday. It's gone. Like it says, on and popping at our house. Separation needs to happen. The next thing it says, how you shall cleave to your wife. You know, join yourself to your wife. And again, cleaving and joining yourself to a wife means you are bound to that person. There's a binding that needs to happen. That means you have forsaken all others for that individual. Right? That means you don't have no side chick. You don't have no side, bro. Right? You have forsaken all others for the individual. That means whoever you was, you know, uh, opposite sex that you may have contact with beforehand, that's done now. You are a married woman. You are a married man. No, he's just my friend. No. There's no friendship like that when it comes to me and you that's interfering with our marriage. Well, he's just my friend. You should have married him then. In other words, your husband or your wife needs to become your best friend. Understand that. You're not willing to let go, then why you get married? Well, I've been knowing them since I've been you know, growing up, and they've always been in my life. Well, you know, you're in covenant with me now for a lifetime. You're talking to them more than you talking to your husband and your wife. And here's why i are talking to them. You're sharing intimate things with them more than you're sharing with your husband and wife. Well, you know, I just got my boys. I can't let my boys go... No, remember this is a problem. You're a boy. It's time you become a man. Well, oh, I got my girls, and you know, me, my girl, we still have our, our time. We get together. Girls, girls' night out. What is that? You've been watching too many movies. Girls' night out. You at the house with your you with your wife, your husband. That's your night out. You can purpose a night out with your girl, but you can't purpose a night out with your husband. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that. See, that's what I mean. It's a mentality. I mean, these are things you got to... This is what you sign up for when you join yourself to your husband. Remember, you are a married woman now. You can't act like an unmarried woman. So you cling to them. And, and again, being, when it's talking about joining yourself to your wife or cleaving to them, there's no escape plan. Don't go into marriage and say, we got to have a prenup agreement. That means you got an escape plan. That's not, that's not God's perspective. That's not His order. Well, I'm not sure what she's going to do. Then why are you marrying her and you're not sure what she's going to do? <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. You, you hear yourself talk. And then you hear yourself talk, and you're like, but you're saying you're getting married? we got to sign a prenup because i come in, I got all this money in my bank. I don't want him to have access to my account. What? You don't want your husband access to your account. Guess what? You're going to take your husband's last name. He has access to your account. If you don't want him access to your account, then guess what? Don't get married. If you got those kind of issues, why are you getting married? See, that's what I mean by cleaving to your husband, cleaving to your 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 wife. Right? That's expectation. There's, you're all in. That means I ain't got a separate, uh, you know, mailing address. You know, separate post office where certain, you know, letters go there. Separate storage facilities. Oh, you know, like I you know, back in the day you used to say, you know, they used to tell them women, hey, keep your little stash on the side just in case he act a fool. You got a little stash of money on the side just in case, just in case he acted a fool. You didn't know he was act a fool before you married him? You know he was a fool when you married him. Well, I'm gonna keep a separate stash inside. and in our house we we in there hungry, you got a whole stash of money in here. I'm like what? for a rainy day. And we married for the rest of our life. I'm like, you got to be. What's wrong with this? Why am I struggling so hard? You, know, so you found it's like, oh, I, babe, I got money. You got money. Now why are we eating Roman noodles? You got money. Mentality. That means again, join. All your efforts should be towards making your marriage work. There's no outsiders. It's just two. I mean, a man and a woman. Husband and wife. Y'all two, together. And that leads into the third one, right? Those two shall become what? One flesh. And again, one flesh. I know everybody wants to go to the, the, to the sexual part. And I understand there's, there's, um, uh, there is a sexual overtone to that. But it's really talking about the purpose. That you are united in purpose and direction in your home. That's how you be, two become one flesh. You are united in purpose. That means you're not going in separate directions in your house. Well, he has his thing he's doing, I got my thing I'm doing. That sounds like you are unmarried and he unmarried. Married folks come together and we have a one purpose and one, one goal. That's the two becoming one flesh. These discussions you need to have now in the premarital state. While you're not married. Because when you get married, it's one goal. One direction for the house. So you should be united for purpose sake. Right? So that means you got one bank account. Or let me say different. Whatever bank account you got, both of you have access to. And here's the thing you have to deal with. This is something you better deal with now before you get married. Who makes more money than you do? Right? In other words, if the husband makes more money or the wife makes more money, it's amazing how you hear women think because I make more money than my husband now I can tell him what to do when it comes to direction of the home no you cannot just because the wife makes more money than the husband does doesn't give you now the right to give the direction for the home remember you are in one purpose one purpose for, you're not in the home you know that's why I say it's all house money whatever comes in the house is the house money well that's why I got my little separate stash over here well baby you need to be unmarried then Cause that's the thing, right? If you end up making more money than someone else, now I, I should be able to have a say, so. Cause you make more money. See, those are all mentality, and then, like I said, now you start bringing in your parents, and they would be saying, to you, yeah, baby, you make more money, than he do." And you tell him something. See, that, that's all. That's ungodly counsel. See, that's what I mean, ladies, settlers. I know everybody's talking about they want to be married, but there's certain things, you you know, you just start a little cringe, like, uh, I don't know if I'm going I got all this money, and he coming in, his broke tail, and uh, he's going to he gonna just blow it. Yeah. Guess what? He's going to blow it. He's going to bring in his all his ideas that he get rich quick schemes, his businesses. He's going to spend all your money. But guess what? You signed up for him to spend all your money. And the same thing with you brothers. Guess what? You sign up for her to spend all your money. Spend it all. You know, like this. Let's go empty out your bank account. Your wife coming in with bags and bags, like she shopped more now than she was before she got married. Exactly. She's a married woman now. She got access to your bank account. She can shop till it drops. See, that's what I mean. You better get on one accord with this. That's what it means by the two becomes one flesh. We're on one accord. One purpose. And these are the conversations you need to have before you get married. Because God's perspective, God's order is, hey, is between... It's like the reflection of Christ and the church. You should function as one. Just as the church... Functions as, as, the, as the bride of Christ. It knows that Christ is the head of the church. Christ is showing the church exactly how it needs to order itself, how it needs to function. That's how the husband needs to be in his home. Here's how our home functions. When the money comes in, here's where the money goes towards. We have our mortgage or our, our living expenses. We have our, our bills we're going to do. And we have our, our you know, we learn here in this ministry you need to have a third party of your money set aside for kingdom purposes as well. All that you need to settle ahead of time. Because they don't get into marriage and be talking about kingdom uh, purpose. Like, wait a minute, kingdom funds? What? What is that? Uh, you ain't the one for me. You don't even know what kingdom funds is? I, 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 why am I even talking to you? Because when we get married, you'll be like, I ain't taking my money doing nothing. I don't know what no kingdom funds is. See, all, you need to have that discussion now. <laughs> Before you get tied into just what for the rest of your lifetime. Talk to them about kingdom funds. That'll be a good way to you understand whether this person is for me or not. What do you mean kingdom? Kingdom of the ministry. God's been so good to us. We're going to make sure we set aside funds for ki- the kingdom. That's our stash we put aside. Amen. I'm going to stop there. God is faithful. Again, I-, I hope that you're gleaning on these things that have been said. You unmarried folks. I know you married folks. You're just laughing because you're like, it's too late now. You know, like Miss Why, you don't find out what's in that cup, and you drinking that cup every day. You know, it, it don't even matter. You know, but the, but those that are, that are married, I mean, those that are unmarried, get this counsel, understand these things. Understand, it's not going to be different for you. I know you think you got it going on. You think you can turn that. You know, you. Anyway, it's not going to be different for you. The standard of God is the standard of God. You better make sure you stay with the standard of God and His purpose. For your marriage, before you get married. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at LivingWateraustin.net.